Words from the Hills, reconfigure your life, change your heart, and prepare you for all that God has destined you to be. Welcome to the Hills Church. So this morning we're going to share, share about standing against Herod. So the title of our message this morning is Stand Against Herod. We did not do a flyer. Sometimes I feel like we're over-informed, over overcompensated, over, you know. So, like you already know, we're here every Sunday. We, we pray every Saturday morning. We pray at 8 o'clock in the morning. How many times do we have to say it before you remember? Like literally, we are spoiled with information avalanche. So once the information doesn't come, we assume it's not going to happen. But honestly, release yourself. No more fear of intimacy. He loved you before you got here. You're not going to be damaged in the house of God anymore. You're not going to be broken because you served God. Serving God is no more a chore. It's now a pleasure. Stand against Herod. Stand against Herod. Let's go into some scripture studies. Um, I need someone to get a mic and uh, I need someone to read the scriptures. Who will help us this morning? Can you bring the mic this way? Pastor Heidi, you'd like to help us read the scriptures? Let's start with Matthew chapter 2, verse 13 to 16. So we're talking about three Herods here. There are a lot more Herods. Uh, let's do the New King James Version. Matthew 2, 13 to 16. Let's start it from there. I'd like the people to read from their Bible. So, please turn your Bibles. If your Bible is on your device, it's fine as well. Matthew 2, 13. Yes. Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord fine. appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother. Flee to Egypt and stay there until I bring you word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt and was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord through the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt I called my son. Then Herod, when he saw that he was deceived by the wise men, was exceedingly angry, and he sent forth and put to death all the male children who were in Bethlehem and in all its districts from two years old and under, according to the time which he had determined from the wise men. Thank you. So you can hand over the mic to her. She will read Mark chapter 6, verse 24. Mark 6, 24 to 29. So she went out and said to her mother, what shall I ask? And she said, the head of John the Baptist. Immediately she came in with haste to the king and asked saying, I want you to give me at once the head of John the Baptist on a platter. And the king was exceedingly sorry, yet because of the oaths and because of those who sat with him, he did not want to refuse her. Immediately the king sent an executioner 
and commanded his head to be brought. And he went and beheaded him in prison, brought his head on a platter and gave it to the girl. And the girl gave it to her mother. When his disciples heard of it, they came and took away his corpse and laid it in a tomb. Acts 12, 1 to 5. Now about that time, Herod the king stretched out his hand to harass some from the church. Then he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to seize Peter also. Now it was during the days of unleavened bread. So when he had arrested him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four squads of soldiers to keep him intending to bring him before the people after Passover. Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. Our next slide. You say we want to be like the nations all around us who serve idols of wood and stone, but what you have in mind will never happen. It's like God putting a threat on you and saying, you desire, you're longing for this thing. It's not going to happen. This is actually one of the most authoritative scriptures you find in the Bible. This imagination you have in your mind will not happen. You said we love idols. We love what other people are doing. You want to copy, but what you have in mind cannot happen. Like God himself putting a lean on you like, you can't shake me off. You can't lose me. You can't walk away from me. I have you hemmed in on the, on the left and on the right. What you have in mind will never happen. Why? Because you're mine. Because I delight in you. Because I'm here to stay with you. So I'm not going to let you go. An old song says, Mercy says no, I'm not going to let you go. I'm not going to let you slip away. You don't have to be afraid. Let's not sing today. <laughs> we live in a modern day maze. The maze we live in today is actually the removal of God from everything. We want to remove God from everything. So if you pray, people will say you pray too much. If you talk about God, people say you talk about God too much. If you say, people say, can we remove religion from what we're saying? There's actually this whole move of creating justice without God. And we also want to build wealth without God. We want to repair Nigeria without God. We want to seek power without God. But all of these things are impossible without God. Why do you need to give men justice? Because it's fair. Who said it's fair? Why does man need justice? It's because Man has value. Who gave man value? God gave man value. The Bible says the Lord breathed into man 
and man became a living soul. That's why we don't kill other men. It's not because it's not good or bad to kill other men. God gave man value. So the Lord gives life and the Lord takes life. We don't take human life because human life in all its forms is valuable. So that's why we bring justice to human beings because human beings made in the image and the likeness of God need justice. That's why we build wealth because wealth has value to upgrade the human life, to bring oil for his head, to bring wine for his soul, and to bring, you know, what else? There are three things the scripture says that wealth does. And that's why we build a family, because the best place to cultivate another human being is in the trusting relationship of a husband and a wife. I was listening to American statistics yesterday. 70% of young girls pregnant out of wedlock lived in a home without a father. 74% of the people in prison lived in a home without a father. We're increasingly getting to a place when we feel like it's okay to do without fathers. We're doing away with, with manhood. We hate manhood. We call it toxic masculinity. <laughs> and more and more, the world is getting emasculated because there are no more men standing to build the family and build the nation. Why do you seek power? You seek power to repair broken systems. Why do you want to be in government? You enter into government to serve. Why do you want to serve? Because man has value. Societies organize themselves because man has value. The breath of God is in man. And the moment you take away that God factor, the essence and the reason why man has value is automatically destroyed. So you see the nations that forget God. So you see the people who don't understand God. The whole essence of man begins to drop. The whole value of man begins to fall before their eyes. Once you remove the God factor, everything loses its appeal and loses its power and loses its rise on the thread. Because that's the reason why we live. In God, man has value. Praise God. So this morning we read about three different Herods. Herod the Great killed all the children who were two years and below. And two historians wrote a lot about all of these Herods. These historians were outside the, the Bible. One of them was Josephus. Another one was Eusebius. These guys wrote... Historical articles, you can Google and read them about this Herod. Herod the Great was so great. He built two cities. He built Jerusalem, built many cities, but the most prominent was he built the temple. This temple wall where we worship, where everybody goes to cry in the, in the Wailing Wall, was built by Herod the Great. 
He built that tower, this current temple that is there. Herod the Great built it, rebuilt it after it was destroyed because Jerusalem has been destroyed many times over since the days of Solomon. Herod the Great rebuilt the modern city we see. Right. Herod the Great was also so powerful because in, that, in those times, Judea, the plains of Judea, laid in the middle, smack in the middle, two, in between the two strongest civilizations. Now, the empire of Rome was fledging in Rome. The empire of Patia was fledging in Patia. And Judea was right in the middle. So it was very geostrategic, like Cuba is to Russia. Because from there, they have missiles pointed at the U.S., like Poland is to the U.S., because from there they have missiles pointed at Russia. This is geopolitical importance. So they were looking for someone who will be the king because they couldn't really maintain territory there because it was quite some distance from Rome. And what did they do? They got someone who was not a Hasmonean. Hasmoneans are the people from the line of David. Do you remember that God says, I will always keep the tribe of David in kingship? So all Jews agree that the leadership rests with the Hasmoneans. But in this time, they, this Herod the Great was Arab. He married his parents, his parents were married, so he's half Arab. His father was Arab. His mom was Jewish. So he was never truly considered Jewish. But he was so violent. He saw an opportunity. So he went to the Romans and he had a friend with Mark Antony. This was written by Josephus. Mark Antony in the days of, have you read Julius Caesar? Yeah, these things are real. They're historical. So MacAnthony helped to establish Herod the Great as the king of Judea. And there he maintained the empire on behalf of Rome. This guy was so jealous that when he married Miriam, Marian, Marian or something like that, was his first wife, married her, she was full Hasmonean, but he kept so jealous of her. She gave birth to a son. He was jealous of his son. So guess what he did? He killed his wife. He killed his own son, Herod the Great. Then after some years, Rome had changed. Mark Antony lost out and a new, new emperor had come over Rome. He went to Rome. And everybody knew that he and Mark Antony had a thing going. He said to the new emperor, you know, I've been loyal to Rome. And because Mark Antony was in charge, I was loyal to him. Now you're in charge. I'm loyal to you too. <laughs> The end justifies the means. The only person who was worse than Herod the Great 
It's a guy called Machiavelli. The, I'm sure many of you have read The Prince. It's a horrible, horrible, horrible book which says the end justifies the means. And so also is 48 Laws of Power, another horrible, horrible book by Robert Greene. I'm sorry, if you read that book, you're actually not building anything that adds value to humanity. You're putting yourself on the throne. There are so many horrible books around. The Art of War, I can tell you the names. There's no need to read them. They just, they just help me, you know, like 50 Cent now added one called the 50th Law because Robert Greene wrote for the 49th Law and then 50 Cent now added the 50th Law because his name is 50 Cent. 50 Cent, just try and make it $1. So that's a joke. My kids say that my jokes are horrible. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> this was a wicked man, Herod the Great. So, so wicked. So his cousin after him, he killed all the babies who were two years and below. Dashed them to pieces. Because Jesus had been born. And you know the story of the nativity. I won't go into the depth of the story because we have somewhere we're going to. But let it, imagine such a man who had such kind of relationship, who believed the paradigm. It was a cosmopolitan modern city like Lagos, Nigeria, like London, England, or like you know Washington, D.C., where politicians were coming in and going out. Herod the Great was the, was the doyen of architecture in his day. He built an aqueduct that went 46 kilometers long into the ocean. He built Caesarea. In like, if, how many of you have heard, uh, I will call upon your name. Hillsong, you watched the video in Caesarea. That amphitheater was built by Herod the Great. I went there. It was incredible. The things that he built, the aqueduct just goes 46 miles long in Israel. You need to see the, the civilization. He built a mountain. He gathered sand and built a mountain, then built his palace on the mountain top. He wanted to, if you go in the mountain ruins of where Herod the Great's palace was, you could see for miles. He was such a great architectural, architectural king, like he, infrastructure was his main thing. So he was so great that he created such economy. He was good for church people. But all he was interested in was power. 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 He was just hungry for power. Power. He didn't know what, but nobody should ever cross his authority. That's the spirit of Herod. The same with Herod the Tetrarch, who was not known to be a very courageous man. But he was just a people pleaser. The second Herod was a people pleaser. And he wanted to, everyone to be happy. So that's actually how he got. He's also called Herod Antipas. He's the one who beheaded John the Baptist. John the Baptist had become so powerful. So powerful. The church people could not hold him back. The government could not hold him back. And in Herod, Herod this tetrarch guy, had married. He has divorced his wife and married his brother's wife, forced his own brother to lose his wife. 
Can you imagine? Like, I don't like her design anymore. I just marry uh, Isaac's wife, my brother Isaac's wife. So John was calling him and said, like, dude, who does that? He was angry. So he just arrested John and put him in prison. And Herodias, who was his brother's wife, it was his daughter dancing on his birthday. And she danced so well. And the man, drunk, now said, that's why Proverbs 31 is actually a good book to read to men. You know, it was the words of prophet of Lemuel, of King Lemuel, which his mother wrote to him. He said, it's not for you, O kings, to drink wine. At least you drink wine and forget justice. It was written for men, but now we made it a women, a women book. It was actually a man's book. The words of King Lemuel, which his mother said to him. Verse 1 to 9, we cut it out of the Bible and we start reading from verse 10. Who can find a virtuous wife for her prize above rubies? We always preach to the women. But verse 1 to 9 has a lot of things to say about men. Can I tell you guys something? This was a scripture that says, man, who has empire, who has leadership, don't be taken by drugs. Don't be taken by alcohol. Don't be taken by wine. Don't be taken by women. These are the things which destroys kings. It was a scripture written for the men. And Herod the Tetrarch was taken by one of the men killers, two of the men killers, wine and women. So the prophet, he didn't want to kill. He didn't have liver to kill him. But he said to the girl, anything to the half of my empire, I will give to you. And the lady says, all I want is the head of John the Baptist. May you never lose your center to the point when you are unable to say no. No. Some things you say no. Sometimes you say no. Hallelujah. But he couldn't say no. He wanted to please the guest. He sent and had John the Baptist beheaded. He brought the head of John the Baptist, the man of God, like if you are the pastor. At a time when John the Baptist was beheaded, how? Like how? This is a revolutionary. This is a man who changed the world. How could Herod behead John? So we see some tragedies in our lives and we also wonder like God, like how far, how can this, how is this possible? So he beheaded John. And when he saw Jesus Christ, the first fear is that John the Baptist has reincarnated. Another maverick preacher, another crowd gatherer, another man when he spoke, people's hearts burned. Another guy who led people, who did miracles, who the people stormed for, who the people marched for. Herod constantly was threatened. And then we read in Acts about Herod Agrippa, another Herod. Do you know there will always be a Herod? Yeah, he's a herald right now. Think about it in Nigeria. Who is the herald? 
Hmm. This Herod beheaded James and saw that he pleased the people. He proceeded to arrest Peter. But something happened. The church prayed. The church prayed. The church prayed. The church prayed. When Herod Agrippa moved, the church prayed. Herod Agrippa, I think, was also the Herod who was eaten by worms. He went to the amphitheater and delivered a speech. The speech was so mad that everyone loved it and everyone said, my goodness, this must be God. And one angel just had had enough. I don't think he took permission from God. He killed him first. I said, God, please forgive me if you're not approving this, my killing. You guys make too much of himself. Angel finished him first before the heavens recorded like, oh, Herod is no more. Ah, who did it? <laughs> there will be things that will stand against you. It doesn't mean God doesn't love you. There will be seasons when you feel a herald coming against you. It doesn't mean that God has left you. There will be moments when everything has turned against you. It seems like Herod himself is resisting you. It doesn't mean that God is not present or that God does not love you. Herod operates within the parameters of manhood. Herod operates within the parameters of human government. Herod exists out of outside of God, outside of God's decrees and outside are the boundaries of who God is. There is a Herodian spirit going out in the world today, denouncing God, speaking pompous words, creating distortion in the system, building political systems out of violence, kings who reign with terror, broken men who lead, traumatized men who become fathers. They are Herodian in nature and this nature is anti-God, but it doesn't mean there is no God and it doesn't mean there are no strategies to kick out Herods. You can kick out Herod. You can kick out Herod. Herod is a usurper. Herod kills prophets. Herod murders children. Herod is jealous and conceited. This is actually the story of any king who has these qualities. Herod is power drunk. Herod is angry and deluded. He may be a nation builder, but he's all about empire. Herod destroys. Herod is building in one hand. Herod is destroying with another. Herod wants to oppress and crush. Herod wants to show power, show authority, show empire. Herod wants to be the biggest and the best. He wants everybody's voice to be shut up so he alone can speak. This is the spirit of Herod. And you may know some Herods. Herod is not a man anymore. Herod is now a spirit. 
Herod is a spirit and you may not know there may be some Herodian spirit on the inside of you it's time for you to expunge yourself of Herod say I'm not a usurper I'm not a schemer I don't kill prophets I don't murder children I'm not jealous I'm not conceited I'm not power drunk I'm not angry and deluded I am a nation builder but it's not all about me many new people need to emerge in this season who declare the power of God who declare the authority of Christ and who rule and lead for better reasons this is a leadership challenge for good leaders to emerge this is a leadership challenge for men to live beyond their own gain. For men to lead, not just for what will come to them. For men to lead by the principles of God. Why do you lead? Because man has value. Why do you, why do we protect men? Because God created man in his image and likeness. Why do we have nations? Because God needs to organize society so the place will be comfortable for man. I am not a Herod. I am not a Herod. I am not a Herod in my leadership strategy. I do not push down people. I'm not jealous. I'm not trying to protect my camp. I'm not trying to protect my things. I'm not trying to protect the beans. I'm not trying to protect nothing. Yes, God is my protection. God is my defense. And whatever God has allotted to me, his portion in my life is enough. What God has given to me is enough. What God has given to me is enough. I'm not just a greedy, power drunk maniac. May God save us from that spirit. May God save us from that spirit that puts ourselves on the throne and it's all about us. Everything is about us. Church is about us. Work is about us. We don't know that we'll become narcissists. We don't know that we live only for our own gain. And if it doesn't serve us, we don't care what happens to everyone else. That is Herod. I cut down the spirit of Herod from the sons of righteousness. That inside of us will remain no more Herods. That inside of us will remain no more fear to protect ourselves, to keep ourselves from the swords of men. That we will rise in the assignment of God in the name of Jesus. Amen. In the modern day, in 21st century, who is Herod? Herod is the people who can challenge the authority of God. Herod is anyone who chooses accomplishment over God. Herod is anyone who judge God weak, unjust, slow. Like God, come on, God, come on, come on, Lord. Like they're gonna help the Lord. You partner with the devil to weaken other believers. How many people have been broken in church? As a pastor, it seems like my new ministry is to find all of God's lost sheep. Every day I meet another person. The stories are sort of like similar. A brother wants to marry you, you don't agree. He carries a rumor about you and spreads in the whole church and said, oh, 
you are a hoe, you're sleeping around. But he forgot to say that he wanted to marry you. That's why he found out. The private conversations you leaked while thinking you're dating someone becomes public information. And the whole church turns against someone and ostracizes them. May that never be our story in this community in the name of Jesus Christ. People bear the marks of what leaders have done to them. People looking for God came to church raped by pastors. May that never be our story in the name of Jesus Christ. People trying to look for righteousness, trying to establish a just system. They come to a church and the church is just interested in fleecing them. Once you give money and the church knows you can give money, they don't leave your phone. Every week, another request. Every week, another request. Every week, another request. After a while, the people will burn out because it's not by inspiration. It's just demand and supply. You just want to take and take and take and take as a church. And people are broken and people are hurting. In leadership, church choose leaders because of what the leaders can bring. Church looking for people who are managers and director level in their office to become HOD. If you're not a manager, you're not up to HOD in the church. Mm. Mm. God forbid, say God forbid, that that will be our story. It's Herod. And Herod in the church has sat as king over churches and hurt the sheep of God. This is time for healing. This is time for healing. I just see the Lord releasing a healing grace today in the church for everyone who has gone through church heart. The Lord knows your name. The Lord remembers you. The Lord loves you. And he's there to stand with you in every situation to restore you, to make you know that he's bigger than what people have done in his name. He's bigger. He's much bigger. Hallelujah. Herod does the assignment of the devil. John chapter 10, verse 10. Let's read it together. Very popular scripture. One to go. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it all its fullness. When the devil comes, he comes to steal. To steal your joy. To steal your peace. So why is anxiety on the rise? Because the devil has come to steal. Why is mental health malices on the rise? Because the devil has come to steal. And when he steals your peace, he intends to kill someone. Most times the, the person the devil wants to kill is not you. It's the generation after you, your children. The devil wants to kill your children. And then once he's killed your children, what has he done? He has destroyed your entire heritage. The reason why you were born, the reason why you came, wiped out. It's what the devil rejoices to do. To steal and kill and destroy. But that, that's not all that there is. There is another ministry. Say there is another ministry. Say to someone, there is another ministry. 
this is the time you preach to someone say my brother my sister the devil's ministry is not the only ministry there is say there is another ministry is the ministry of the healer is the ministry of the restorer is the ministry of the rebuilder things broken will be rebuilt things lost will be regained things hurting will be healed things yeah see, like, see there's healing coming for you say to them there's healing coming for you there's life coming for you say there's restoration coming for you say there's restoration coming for you but I have come that they may have life I have come that you will have life your broken story is not all that there is to you you know there's life coming there's grace coming there's the power of God coming there's healing approaching you amen, amen. I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly so let's create some solutions to Herod where solution oriented we're not just here to talk about the problems of Herod but solutions oriented and Herod has a way where the people who know God can deal with them I have a very simple message Herod is that thing that stands against you Herod is that thing that inhibits you from running against God Herod is that idea that makes you feel like you know more than God. Herod is that thing that, that, that holds you bound and chains you and limits you. Herod is that thing that people everywhere keep quiet for when they hear the sound of Herod. Herod is that terrorizing spirit. Herod is that thing that makes people's heart grow cold. On October 20th, 2020, you guys remember Herod came to the toll gate. Herod is a spirit, by the way, came to the toll gate. And then two days later, everybody was waiting for the presidential address. Once the president spoke, how was it? Everybody lost it. Everybody lost hope. Google search number one, how to jackpot. That whole week, everybody was trying to see how to leave Nigeria. Because that speaking of the president was a principality that was released of sorrow, of control, of strong arm, of I don't give a damn what happens to you guys. I'm going to kill the last one of you that die, dares to stand against me. Herod. And people fell in their hearts. <laughs> but Herod is not the end of us. <laughs> Herod is not the end of us. <laughs> I love you, Lord. For your promise never fails me. In darkest nights. You're close like no other. I've known you as a father. I've known you as a friend. I have lived in the fullness of God. Solutions to Herod. Number one, 
stay on the assignment. At that very, let's read this together. At that very hour, some Pharisees came to Jesus and told him, Leave this place and get away because Herod wants to kill you. But Jesus replied, Go tell that fox, Look, I keep driving out demons and healing people today and tomorrow. And on the third day, I will reach my goal. Go tell that fox I keep driving out demons. Go tell that fox I keep healing people. Go tell that fox. Go tell him that when I'm done, I will be done with my assignment on the third day. There is an assignment for me. There is a job for me to do. I did not come here of my own accord. I am here to fulfill a mandate. And so long as I stay with my assignment, nothing can block me out of God's hand. Every single day God gives me, nothing can take me out of my of God's hand because I stay with the assignment. I stay with the assignment. There's nothing that's destroyed people more than by fear. They walk away from their job. You are supposed to be the next leader in your organization. But they create this, this ruckus around your organization that you just... And what everyone says like, oh, my mental health is more important than, than directorship. What if God can clear out your mental health malice and you can stay the storm? God never wants us living like, 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 uh, God, not, God doesn't want his children lily-livered. God wants you to have inner pluck. God wants you to have stay power. Say stay power. God wants you to have courage. There's another word that Nigerians love. They call it temerity. Uh, we use it a lot during student union riots. Do you have temerity? God wants you to have what? Oh, I didn't hear you. God wants you to have what? I don't know whether it's even a correct English word. Can you Google it? <laughs> God wants you to have that thing. That thing. That fortitude. That stay power. God doesn't want weak children who can't stand. God doesn't. I don't know any one of you is a parent that wants your children. They, they just push your children around. No. And that's the thing we Nigerians are known for. Our own is much though. Some of us, we need to beg in us to be coming down. Our temerity is much. <laughs> I remember when, when, when my daughter was in Scotland. Everybody thought she was weird. Because everybody was praising, praising vegans. She said, guys, why are you guys so on about vegans? I love meat. And well, you, oh, you love meat? She said, yeah, I love meat. And they're looking at her strange. She said, you guys are all pretending. Meat is given to us to enjoy. <laughs> she had a way of speaking her mind matter-of-factly. She had what? Temerity. 
Do you have, ask someone, do you have, do you have temerity? <laughs> there is an assignment for you. There's a role for you to do in the earth. Don't, don't trade it away because of fear of broken men, of traumatized men who are carrying trauma into another generation, of narcissists who make the entire organization about themselves. Don't lose your place because of fear. Grow the ability to carry through your assignment. In the time when Herod is screaming, you are saying, I have a place. Go tell that fox, I'm driving out demons. <laughs> Go tell that fox, I'm healing the broken. Go tell that fox, I am doing something extraordinary. Go tell that fox, you cannot hold me back. I am full of power by the Spirit of the Lord. There's a scripture in Micah that says, As for me, I am full of power by the Spirit of the Lord. Pastor used to like that scripture and use it to say, we should use it to greet each other. So greet somebody and then answer properly. Greet somebody and I say, good morning, how are you? And then answer. Say, ask for me. Oh my God, this church doesn't know how to participate. Say, ask for me. I am full of power by the Spirit of the Lord. That's how you answer greeting from today. How are you? As for me, I'm full of power by the Spirit of the Lord. I have temerity. <laughs> Stay on the assignment. Stay on the assignment. Stay on the assignment. Everything will try to take this assignment from you. Everything will try to trick you out of the calling of God for your life. Everything will try to steal from you that which God created you for. Everything will try to snatch this moment from you. Stay on the assignment. Herod is designed to take it from you. But blessed are those who do not give up. Blessed are those who see the walking power of God. You're already healing the sick. You're already feeling the presence of God inside of you. Where are you running to? Stay on your assignment. Hallelujah. And Herod has no solutions for people who stay. Because Herod can never touch you until your time is up. He can never touch you until your time is up. Herod can never touch you until your time is up. Say amen. Some of us want to stay longer than our time. Because we like that place. We can't see tomorrow. You need the power of vision. So you can see all that God has in store. For some of you, your job loss. I met someone who lost their job. And they were so sad. And they also said to me, like, well, I'm just giving them a holiday. Just need to enjoy these three months. Something will come. And guess what? Something huge has come. Amen. Amen. I'm healing the sick. Every day I'm meeting people. Yesterday was such a good day. After preaching at Alpha Conference, I met someone broken by the church. 
And I spent three hours. After three hours, I felt the Holy Spirit coming back into her life. I saw restoration happen. She already seen a therapist because of what happened to her in church. But the power of the Holy Spirit will close up what therapy opens. As therapy opens you up, the Holy Spirit will close you up in the name of Jesus Christ. There will be a holy partnership between insight and the Spirit, between knowledge and the natural and what the Spirit can offer you in the name of Jesus Christ. Stay on the assignment. Number two, incubate the dream. Incubate the dream. Take care of the dream. Take care of, the, of, the, of that thing. It's actually the same as assignment, but take care of that dream. But it's not yet born, so it's not an assignment yet. It's now a dream. It's a hope on the inside of you. It's a desire. It's that which you want to birth. It's not fully articulated yet, but it's coming. So let's read Matthew chapter 2, verse 14 together. One, two, go. Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in the dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there until I bring you word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. Protect the baby. Protect the baby. Say that to someone. Protect the baby. There's a baby in your hands being given to you by God protect that baby protect that seed protect that thing that God is giving to you incubated take care of that thing how many of you has God said to you you're going to be this but it hasn't happened yet protect it take it to Egypt hide it from the sight of the people who want to destroy it God will show you where your hiding is. This is not actually merely or oh, block people. You know, that's not my message. Block people, turn them off, shut them down. Like some people say, nobody is above blocking. <laughs> you say something I don't like, block. You bring bad energy, block. That's not what we're talking about. It's a spiritual position of holding seed. A pregnant woman doesn't get involved in many things. She's carrying a, a seed. She's carrying a seed. You're carrying a seed. You're carrying something holy. There are so many things you cannot do. Protect the seed. Protect the seed. That's why we live holy and righteous because we are trying to birth something. You're trying to birth something. You're trying to give birth to the assignment of God in your life. Amen. Amen. Protect the seed. Number three, and here's where we round up. One of the ways to catch Herod, pray earnestly. We read that Herod Agrippa beheaded James. When he saw how much it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter. But let's read the scripture together. But while Peter was in prison, the church prayed earnestly for him. There's a power of a praying church. It's a power of a praying church. 
That's what the devil wants to steal from us. And when we come together, we're too much in a hurry. Pastor, continue with the program. We don't have time to pray. The church prayed earnestly. The church talked about what was going on. The church raised their voices together and prayed for this church leader who was in prison. While Peter was in prison, the church did not give up and say, there's nothing we can do. The church prayed for him. One of the ways to destroy Herodian strategies is to pray. Have you lost your voice in prayer? Can you cry out to God? Some of you say, I just write my prayer points. I cannot pray out loud. There's a time when you pray individually. There's a time when you pray as the church. The church did not pray individually this time. They gathered together to pray. And they were praying earnestly. They were praying so much. I can't read the whole story because of time. But Peter came out of prison and walked to the place where they were still praying for him to come out of prison. That's powerful, right? How many of you have entered into prayer projects before where you prayed until something happened? I remember Pasuche has a cousin called Adobe and she took an ailment we didn't understand. But Pasuche rose into the spiritual position of an apostle and dragged her entire family kicking and screaming into three months of prayer. Something like that, right? You're praying at night. Sometimes we're doing five times a day. Praying earnestly. This girl was on life support for months. She came back into full health by the power of earnest prayer. Prayer changes things. Don't hate prayer. If there's anything that's making you to hate prayer, it's the devil. He doesn't want you to know the power that exists in prayer. And when you lift up your voice and begin to speak what you don't know, even mysteries, you are dislodging powers. Because Herod now is a spirit. Herod has gone, Herod is now gone nuclear. He's on the internet now. Herod is no more, you don't meet him on the streets anymore. Herod is like Al-Qaeda. You don't know where he's going to strike from. You don't know where he is. Herod now is on the internet. You can download him. You can see him. Herod is everywhere in the winds. Yes, he, he has moved. It's like it's like it's no, no location now. It's in the cloud. Herod is in the cloud, cloud computing. Herod is big data, sitting on some servers in some remote places in the world. That's Herod. But the church prayed. When we pray, we release arsenals we don't know. Peter came to the door and knocked. When he knocked on the door, the lady who opened the door, her name was Rhoda. Rhoda saw Peter and thought she had seen the ghost. Can you imagine when you're praying but you don't believe your own prayer? <laughs> she ran inside and said, Peter is at the door. She locked the door. <laughs> I'll tell you how excited she was. She locked the door. Peter couldn't enter. Peter was still standing outside. 
madam, this guy was arrested. Why you leave him standing outside? Then she went and told everybody. Peter at the door. They said, come on. I think you need to sleep. We've been praying too long. Even them, they didn't believe until they went and opened the door. And there was Peter. What happens when the church prays? There's a God who answers. Have you ever seen the move of Herod? Pray. Have you ever seen Herod come against you? Pray. Have you ever seen Herod work against you? Pray. Pray. God wants to give you the power of a voice in the spirit. Some of you have lost your voice in the place of prayer. Some of you have lost your standing in the place of prayer. Nothing happens until the people pray. Until the people are able to lift up their voice. When God comes back to restore you, the first thing he will restore to you is your voice. You will be able to speak because God is your father. How I many of you stand before your earthly father and you are unable to speak because they are a terror? That's not the kind of father that God is. God is a father who has already prepared to receive you. God is a father who has already made provision for you. God is a father who already loves you before you came back. While you were away, he was calling you. While you didn't know him, he was preparing a place for you. So call upon him. Call upon him. Say, my God. Oh, I can hear you this morning. Say, my God. Say, my King. My maker, I will call upon the Lord. 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 Thanks for listening to this message from the Hills Church. Our mission is to love people, connect with family, and touch the world. Learn more on our website at www.ecclesiahills.org or email us at hello at ecclesiahills.org. 